Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the New Era Oilers podcast brought to you by the New Era Hockey Network. I'm your host, Nick Chung, and I'm here with my very good friend, Brett Wilson. How are you doing, Brett? I'm doing well, man. It's been a few minutes. It's been a few weeks since we've gotten yeah. to talk, so... Yeah, a little, little three-week vacation for Yeah, a little Brett. holiday, you could say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and unfortunately, like, uh, well, not unfortunately, I guess. There was some some actually decent news we can actually talk about now. Yeah, some um, substance. Yeah, so, I mean, wh- where do you want to start? Like, point me in the direction, Well, Well, let's start with, just straight off the top, let's start freaking Cuckoo resigns for a two-year deal. Um, yeah. Veteran dude at 925, I'm actually, I'm not too upset with that. I think that kind of helps us on the back end. I mean, his veteran presence, I mean, he's only 23, I believe, so he's not really old, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I just think the veteran the veteran player is just kind of something we need. We need that depth. I mean, we, uh, 27, sorry, it's not 23. I don't know why. Yeah. I, told you, I told you I would fumble my words at one point. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see him resign. It's We were kind of fans to begin with, so. Yeah, no, I'm actually, I really like Cuckoo. Um, you know, how could you go wrong with two years at 750K? Like, mm-hmm. uh, this guy was arguably at the start of the season before he got injured. He played big minutes for us, even when Nurse wasn't going, when it kind of looked like we were in that six-game slump for sure. Um, he was one of the few guys that really showed up and showed up every single night until, unfortunately, he got injured wiped out his season. But, you know, his collarbone's healed now, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I think he'll make a great third-pairing defenseman. Yeah, 100%. I, I think so, too. I think he brings – he also brings a, a physical game to the – back end which i mean at the end of the day we, we really really want our defensemen to be a punishing defensive core i mean you look at the guys that we brought in slash the guys we've already had we already have and i think i think we have the the core here now to to be a punishing defensive team so i am i'm really happy with the cuckoo signing yeah me too i like i said you can't really go wrong with the guy that actually shows up to play every no, single night not at all. 750k um, in other signing news, Tyler Benson gets re-upped one year, 750K as well. How yes. do you feel about uh, Tyler Benson sticking around there, Brett? I don't mind it. Um, I do not mind it, to be honest with you. I think he's he's one of our, our younger prospects that, that I feel like can, can flourish, in a sense, uh, given the right opportunity. Um, I mean, if he gets ch- more chances to kind of play up with a McDavid line and stuff like that. Not up with him or whatever, but even just practices with a guy like McDavid will really benefit younger players like this, right? So I think having him come back, it, uh, I think it's a one-year deal, right? So it's it's yep. it's yep, not so bad. It could be a show-me thing because he is 23 at this point. So it would be nice to see if he has that next level to kind of make a step to the NHL. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great too. Um, he, It's about time he cracks the roster. I kind of thought... Um, I kind of thought that would have been him going to Seattle during the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you had uh, that. <laughs> yeah, but they ended up uh, scooping Larson, which, you know, props to Seattle. That's a great pick for them. Great contract they got him signed to. Yep. You know, uh, he'll be good there. Um, but I think Tyler Benson, you know, this year could really show himself. Where, uh, where do you see him playing, third, fourth? 
I think that he's got well, he's got a lot of competition down there on the, on either line. True. Like um Holloway is going to probably push for a job. I don't know if he sticks, but there is a chance he always impresses. Yep. Um, there was a PTO signing of uh, Perlini. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Perlini, uh, he could potentially stick around as well. Um, there was no, that wasn't a PTO. That was just a straight up contract, right? Yeah, that was yes. Yeah. Yeah, one year, seven hundred fifty k. Brendan Perlini. Perlini. The Swiss League, yeah, a little bit European actually. Might as well. Um, yeah, I mean, what, a, what a, what a cool feeling, kind of where you're like, I wonder who's going to be able to crack our bottom six. It's a pretty competitive bottom six, like within our own organization, I suppose you could say, because obviously there's teams out there with a much better bottom six than ours. But I mean, you sit yeah. there and we haven't. It's been a long time since we've been like, oh sweet, who are we going to be able to? Who's going to be able to crack the roster? Who's going to have what it takes? Kind of deal. Whereas before, it's like, well, who are we going to put there? You know, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a nice feeling. So yeah, no, I think I think I think I'd like to see him probably third, maybe fourth line. It, it depends on who you could pair him with, I guess. I mean, different options provide different levels. So you could put him on a third line with with some skill or you could put him on some fourth, uh, the fourth line and give him a little grit and maybe it helps him. So it really, hopefully hopefully he shows this year what it takes and could maybe sign to, uh, to an extension at the end of the season. Um, something happens. Yeah, uh, you're talking about Benson? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, um, our third line got pretty solidified there, so I really kind of cut the jobs in half there. Yeah, exactly, right? So I mean, the addition of Warren Fogel is going to be huge. Oh, it's going to be for our bottom six. Oh, it is totally. It's going to really make that bottom six more of a. I, I, I don't really want to say competitive because it's not that we weren't competitive in our bottom six, but I uh, bottom uh, third line, sorry, even our fourth line beforehand. But I mean, like you had a guy like Warren Fogel who's just going to go out there and battle. And I mean, the guys we do had, you look at Jujar and all that stuff. I mean, they were kind of a sluggish, a sluggish line last year. Those lines, right? So, yep. I mean, outside of Archibald and stuff like that, who's just out here bombing around. But uh, you Speaking got kind of Archibald. He's up in that mix too. You know? That's what I'm saying, right? So like he's he's just a wrecking ball out there. I absolutely love the way that guy plays. But he had other guys like Jujar Kara, who honestly, in my opinion, I was okay with seeing go because I also didn't see him very effective last year. And I mean, if we're gonna bring in guys like IE Tyler Benson, Warren Fogel, and stuff like that, it allows these are these are players I think that uh can make that a little bit more competitive than what we were even last year, right? And even that extra little bit with McDavid and Drysdale on your top two above you, right? So, yeah, that's all you need is just a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I mean, well, we also saw the departure of Chase on after this yes. season, I and mean, he was a kind of a staple on the third, fourth line. He was, um, which you know, I'm I'm not too upset about Chase on leaving. I think either Warren Fogel. Or Derek Ryan are huge upgrades on him. Which, yes, uh, I really like the Ryan signing, which I mentioned earlier. I think he will also really go towards bolstering the third line, or maybe the fourth line. Depends on if McLeod really impresses in in camp. You know, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, which he can do. Like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, by the time the season rolls around, you got a line of a third line of Warren Fogle. Ryan McLeod and I don't know Zach Cassian or Josh Archibald. 
yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that we kind of have this problem now, right? Like before, we never really had this problem. So to have to have the ability to know you have a solidified third line, solidified fourth line, essentially, right? Like obviously, there's still everything's everybody still has to go out there and do their job. But I mean, a lot of people out there were pretty upset by some of these picks that we brought in, and I think they don't realize that they've actually like although they're not huge names and aren't extremely high goal scorers, they are depth players and they are players that can come in and really help us out and really make these, these bottom six a little bit more, I think you could say offensive minded. I think if you looked at our bottom six before, they were more of a, let's try to run you through the boards. And that's, it's one thing to have your fourth line be that way, but it's another thing when your third and fourth line is that's kind of their only choice. Right. So yeah, you need at least three lines that you can count on to score goals and a fourth line that you can still count on to score goals, but will also be the guy that will help kind of stir up penalties and power plays and stuff like that, right? So it's, it's a nice feeling to have as an Oilers fan. I, th- I think we should be a little excited. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, going back to what you said about the third and fourth line being kind of similar, um, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because when I was thinking the other day, uh, it kind of felt like like the third and fourth lines are like just penalty killing lines. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They were literally just there just to waste time until McDavid and Dreisaitl got back. hundred percent. And that's honestly, <laughs> that's if you, if you look at all the great teams, it's obviously you look at teams like Tampa, who you've kind of got to fear every line is a threat to score. Um, oh, yeah. And then you look at teams like Edmonton and you can just see the differences um, as to what makes a playoff contender and a deep run contender. Right. So yeah, oh, like yeah. you said, Edmonton literally just two, po- two penalty kill lines at full strength. So it really just made no sense. And, yeah. Which I, I kind of wonder uh, how our penalty kill is going to fare this year. Cause we did lose. Yes. Like, although they weren't, re- they didn't have that offensive upside guys like Jujar, like they were really good for a penalty kill. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I mean, I feel like we still have the players around us right now that can still kind of come in and fill these roles. I mean, obviously those guys, you got guys like Chase on and stuff like that, um, that were that were great penalty killers and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, you look at the players, like McDavid's a star. I hate to say it, but I still say play your stars, and that includes penalty killing as well. Get him out there. That speed, that speed just to attack a defense who's trying to set up is something that is could really be used as an advantage because it forces these guys to make plays quicker than they're supposed to, right? So you get guys like him out there. I mean, Nuge plays the penalty kill, I do believe, here and there. So Yeah, well, I mean, Zach Hyman will probably play some penalty Oh, 100%. Kill. And, I mean, he's also one of those guys that's willing to block the shots too, so. I mean, Chase on definitely was stuff like that. So it's nice to have a guy that we can kind of bring in and kind of sort of fill that role, but pay a lot of money more extra than the guy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's about like double the price, but I yeah, mean, so I, I but, think I think Hyman will be worth that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I think. Yeah, it's hard to say, man. I mean, like, he, he put up decent numbers. I mean, I think the biggest thing is going to be his work ethic, right? Like, you got a guy like that that can kind of – it's kind of like a Cassian 2.0, essentially. If you looked at the way Cassian had such a successful season with McDavid there, they kind of play the same type of game. I just feel like uh, Hyman has a little bit more offensive upside just because 
I think his hands are a little better than Cassian's, although Cassian does have great hands for a big man. But it, he does. Uh, yeah, he, really he does. does. No, he for sure does. But I mean, his his inability to hit the net is the biggest thing. But it's his consistency, I think, mm-hmm. for Cassian. Like it, sometimes he's an absolute world breaker. Like we yep. saw that in the playoffs in 2017. Like he can go out there and he can command the flow of a game. Hit well, not maybe not a game, but a shift. You know, yeah. and an important one at clutch time, he can really take that over. But because he has all the tools, he's got speed, he's got size, yeah, and he's got he's got decent hands. Like the guy can play. Oh, I'm sorry. Sometimes, if it's bad penalties, just teams really getting in his head, or sometimes he gets reckless. I don't know what it is. Sometimes he just loses that finesse, and he can't really bury pucks as he usually does. It's it's kind of frustrating watching Cassian sometimes. Oh, yeah, 100%. You see, like, he has all the, the tools to be a great player, and he has since he's joined the league. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, like, he is a great – he's a good player. He's got the tools to be a potential top six option. You know, I mean, Vancouver saw it. They brought him in to play with the Sedins, and yeah. and he, he, would, he would do well sometimes. He would do not so well others. Yeah, I mean, I think also in Vancouver, I think he was also suffering from addiction back then. But I think he's the type of player that really benefits to having fans in the stadium as well. I think he's a very emotional player, right? So I think maybe this upcoming season with the fans back in the stadium, he feeds off the energy. He's that just that type of player. Um, some players, when there is no sound, no crowd, crowd noise only goes so far. It's one thing to see a whole crowd cheering, right? So. I think he's the type of player that we can expect to do a little bit better this season compared to last season. I mean, he also had an injury last year as well, so that kind of that kind of s- slowed him down a bit. So, yeah, and I mean, Hyman, Hyman is just kind of I, – I mean, I love Cassian, but Hyman is just that much better. You know what I mean, if that makes yeah. any sense to you? No, I, I um, definitely get what you're trying to say there. So – it's yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm happy to have him. I'm happy. I'm excited, man. I'm actually like thrilled. Yeah, I know. I, I just want to see our team play. Like, I just kind of want to see how these moves pan out. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. Like, if we're if we're sitting here uh, and we're some we somehow make it to the finals or we win a cup, you know, I will literally eat my words when it comes to Duncan Keith. Like, if he's out there, like it could work out. You never know. Yeah. It could no. happen. And, like, all the props to you. And, like, how we ended off that episode when we talked about Duncan Keith. Like, yeah, I got to love him now. He's an Oiler. Yep. I have to. So, I'm, I'm hoping hoping for the best with that. Um, I wonder how Cody Cece will fare, too. It's very interesting. I know there's always been rumors about him potentially coming here or even um, uh, potentially that trade between uh, Taylor Hall with for Taylor Hall that was almost made. For oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so there were always like things that that could have happened, and now he finally ended up here. And I kind of want to see how that pans out for him. Yeah, I don't know. No. I think it'll be interesting. I think so too. I <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I like, and I mean. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say. It's like you said. I'd, I'd really like to see what these kind of acquisitions they become. I think I I personally think that if we don't make it far in this uh, season, as far as playoff wise, we can probably 
probably almost expect Duncan Keith to retire, which would open up all that space and kind of put the foot back on uh, Chicago anyways, I believe. So I think, I don't know. It's I'm going to say right now, hot take that if we're not deep in the playoffs by this time next year, I can probably say that Duncan Keith will no longer be an NHLer. However, if they do make it far and there's a lot of excitement, I honestly, even in the two years that Duncan Keith is here, um, I would be super happy even if we made one deep run out of the two years. One deep run. I want to make the playoffs both yep. years. We have no choice with who. Oh, like, we have no we choice. that threshold. Yeah, we have no we choice are, but to make the playoffs now. But I would like to see us make a deep run at least once. Like, yeah. ah, conference finals minimum in the next two yep. years. So oh, I 100% agree. That's... I mean, we talked about this on the other, on a previous episode, where we, we kind of went into what our expectations would be for next season. Yeah. In, like, a, a loose sense. Not like, I think we'll do, like, as the season gets closer, I think we'll do more of a, you know, like, point predictions and stuff like that. But yeah. For right now, like, um, I've, I've been pretty adamant that my expectations, before any moves were made, mind you, like, Right after the puck goes in on that double OT, my expectations were for next season, third round or bust. Yeah, it has to be. You can't. We're almost like at the at the point where, you know, everyone's kind of talking around the league. You know, saying stuff that's kind of dumb about like McDavid potentially wanting out, and you know, you yeah. know it's like those, wow. those I mean, classic arguments that go. Yeah, on. but. The longer it goes on, the more it feeds this stuff, you know? And I just want to quell that. Now, you're, Brett, I, I believe you're you're fond of the Capitals, are you not? I am, yes. I'm sure you went through the same thing with, with Ovechkin. Oh, yeah. Um, like that, that seed of doubt, all that, uh, mm-hmm. all the talk, you know? And yeah, no, for sure. Really frustrating. I would really like for us to just put those to bed. And we need to win around here for sure, because the last two seasons, like we've what we on one win postseason wise in the last two yep. seasons. Yep. Kind of yep. frustrating. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Like like you nailed it right on the head there. Um, we have no choice now. I think before the se- I think last season even when you and I kind of, uh, like at the end of last season when you and I kind of made our predictions, our goals for next couple years. I, bl- I believe I said that I'd like them to be like three years out from making a deep run. But now with this Duncan Keith uh, deal, the amount of money you sign them for, all that stuff, it's a no choice. You have no choice. Um, like you said, you go to put a veteran player. We always say, hey, we need a solid veteran defenseman. I mean, Duncan Keith probably isn't the staple of that at, at this stage in his career. However, he's getting paid kind of like one. So, um, yeah, I think once we signed that deal with Duncan Keith, there was no choice. But for the next two seasons, we have to make at least one deep run minimal. Um, I, before the season had started, also gave them probably five years till they were a cup contender, like actual yeah. true diehard cup contender it was probably three years ish i'd say maybe um but yeah no now we have no choice zero choice so hopefully kenny your choices <laughs> were proper yeah i mean uh, 
like, still, still makes me nervous. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you again, but it still makes oh, me nervous that oh, we're no, relying no. on Mike Smith and Mikkel Koskinen on the back end. So uh, that's the uh, only qualm I really have with this offseason so far is that we still don't have that goalie that we can kind of all just sit back and be like, oh, yeah, he's got this. That is, that is another can of worms in itself, is it not? Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I'm i just praying to the hockey gods, let Mike Smith have a similar season. <laughs> you know, just right. let him follow it up. Why not? You know, you know, anything can yeah. happen, I guess. But, oh boy, yeah, like you said, the fact that we didn't really improve in net, oh god, it's so glaring. And arguably, and a pretty decent argument that our defense took a step back this year. Yeah. Uh, however, our forward core is much better. Yes. So, props where props is due. But, you know, if your defense is a little suspect and your goaltending is also a little suspect... There might be some some uh, fire to the smoke of us possibly having to win every game like 6-4. <laughs> you know? Well, here's the deal. Maybe Ken Holland's thoughts are if you spend all the time in the offensive zone, you don't have to worry about the defensive zone. So maybe that was his thought process in so building that, this offense. Yeah. So, oh, my God. I'm yeah, no, it's – honestly, like, Oilers games are stressful enough as is, and knowing who we have in the back of the net, whether it's Mike Smith or – Miko Koskinen, I think Mike Smith last year was kind of able to give us kind of that little bit more relaxed feeling. But when Miko Koskinen's in that, man, that's just anxiety oh the whole entire game. I swear to God. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Reminds me of watching, like, um, like uh, I don't know, like, Happy Boolin when he was here. For that yeah. short or, like, Scrivens. Happy Boolin. At yeah. points, like, oh, boy. Like, I almost oh, forgot about that, but now that you mentioned it, I remember that. <laughs> Oh my god. That was there's some lean years there. Like Yep. Yep. Oh. I know. I mean I still think one of the biggest re- regrets is Oilers Oilers should have is personally getting rid of Devin Dubnik back when we did. So uh, yeah, you never know. Well, I mean yeah. I, I hate to say it, but you just goes to show you, I mean that dude was getting pummeled. Even Cam Talbot, when he was here, he was really good when he first came and then just got pummeled. It was just kind of yeah. like you become an uh, Oilers goaltender, you just get absolutely pummeled with shots. So yeah. it's kind of yeah. like it almost pushes your career farther along with your 23, feeling like 32. So, yeah, it's, ironically, you know, now that he's in, in Mini, the same place where Devin Dubnik eventually found a good home. Um, mm-hmm. He's been having a bit of a bounce bounce back. Uh, Cam Talbot had a pretty good season, yeah, uh, last year, and you know, you never know. I'm happy for him. Absolutely love Cam Talbot. I think he's a yep. great guy. But uh, we definitely burnt him out when he was here. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, he very quickly. Like, how long did he play here? Like three years? Something like that. Yeah. And he oh was God. like, and I think the first season he came in, he was. I think didn't he have that one record saving night? Um, oh, what was it like? It was. Was it him that had the ridiculous amount of saves in one game? Oh, man, now I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, no, no, that, that was Ben Scrivens. Oh. 52 save, uh, right. save was, save it was. Right, it was Ben like Scrivens, yeah. But either yeah, way, yeah. night after night, I think I can still remember freaking Cap Talbot getting just absolutely pummeled. I mean, Devin Dubnik did as well when he was here. Both both kind of both kind of show what happens when you kind of put a defense in front of him, so. Yeah, I mean, Cam Talbot literally willed us into the into the show that year, and then 
and then willed us past the <laughs> yeah. the sharks too like <laughs> yep big so. props to that guy well we need a younger goaltender we do we need we need we need youth in our goaltending uh position i mean we don't need youth youth but we need a young guy that we can rely on for at least a minimum of five years i'd like to get a goalie that could we could rely on for a minimum of the remainder of mcdavis contract or longer to be honest with you right it's kind of funny how we're talking about oh we need like a young goalie now mm-hmm. we're talking maybe about like 32 I know <laughs> compared to compared but to our guys. <laughs> I think realistically, like if you look at it, you're 32 is young naturally. 32 is young for but goals. as a hawk, but as good. but like but yeah, yeah, I know you're right. I'm looking for like long term though. I'm looking for like something eight year old. Yeah, something that we could put our our Oilers jersey on and have him just be a stud, kind of like Vasilevsky, or you look oh, at all those goals yeah. Pekka Rene, what he was able to do in Nashville, and how like long a he real was. franchise. Started. Yes, we need that. Yeah. Like honestly, that's if you look at Tampa Bay, it starts from Vasilevsky, it moves out, and uh, as Oilers will find out, once we get a goalie that we have rely that we can rely on and stuff like that i promise you games are a lot less stressful you can relax a little bit more man if we had, if we had a competent back end meaning defense and goaltending for mcdavid like come on oh yeah come on it's all you'd need honestly like ah uh, if they were literally just there to just keep the puck out yep that's all you have to do and then wait for him to come back yep. but so. uh you know We'll uh, we'll see. I guess that led lends to the two penalty kill theory, two penalty kill line theory. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess you always try to keep them <laughs> away from the net. Then hey, makes sense. Think about it. But uh, yeah, no, I man, it, it would it'd be so great to have a goaltender. Like actually, like when you think about it, I honestly, I, I think it's one of the things the others are. As much as I think our defense core took a step backwards this year, I think if we had a goalie that we could rely on, I mean, even if he was just a step below a Vasilevsky-type player, I think with the offense that we do have and the core that we do have on defense, i.e. Darnell Nurse, which we'll have to talk about pretty soon here because uh, he was re-signed as well. So, I mean, if you you look at him, you look at guys like Duncan Keith, ho- hopefully we can get, get even a glimpse of the old Duncan Keith, maybe like 85% old Duncan Keith. Maybe it doesn't have to be 100% old Duncan Keith, but I'll take 85. So, if we can get even a sliver of that and just other players, Cody Cece, stuff like that, makes it a little harder to play against, stuff like that. So, it would be nice, I think, if we had that goaltender there would be no reason why we couldn't be a cup contender every season. Yeah. I mean, like, that's why I was kind of hoping for, um, I was looking back at uh, one of the posts we made about uh, Linus Allmark. Yes. Essentially when he was in the, uh, on the free agency, like looking back on it, like that guy, like was probably prime target. And he took a while to get signed. I believe he got signed in Boston for like five mil. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly how many years, but it was around five million. Yeah, I think half the battle with what our team needed was that we need kind of everything. And yeah. if we look at what everybody kind of complained about, it was scoring depth. So early in scoring depth. early in free agency, that's what he addressed, right? By the oh, time awesome. by the time you get those contracts signed and deals done and you're looking for other ones to kind of pursue, at that point 
the goaltenders that you'd really, really want to sign, gone. So it's kind of that's hard to say, but I, I yeah. Who else was that one deep, a goaltender you and I were talking about? It was kind of later, and then he finally got scooped up by somebody. Oh my god, a younger uh, man. Allmark was the one that got signed the la- last, I believe. Was was it him? I thought. Which was yeah. the one before? Did he used to play? Oh, Djokovic. Is that one of them? Nadelkovic? No, he was traded. He wasn't. He wasn't. I didn't know he was up for for grabs. Nadelkovic. Oh boy, we could talk all day about that. Cause... That's what I'm saying. I think you and I did, and I think you and I mentioned that actually it would have been nice for us to pursue him at the time. Yeah, um, I, because Nadelkovich, there was talks about him getting dealt, and then you're like, "Oh, well, it'd be cool if we were one of those ones pursuing him, right?" So, yeah, because uh, man, yeah, that was what well, I can't. Oh boy, because uh, oh boy, uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get upset <laughs> about this all over again. If we're gonna end up trading Ethan Barry, Carolina, why the hell didn't we trade him for Nadelkovich? Exactly. That's like, I think that's kind of how the conversation you and I had once went. So, like the deal was, I think he went for like a third. Yeah, it was something minimal. It, it was something. Re- it was something really minimal, and the Red Wings pick him up for a third and Bernier, or, or I don't know if it was a third, but it was Bernier and a pick, but I don't even think it was a second. Yeah. So. Right. That's frustrating. That would have been a nice pursuit as well. Um, yeah, he like Nadalkovich is twenty five years old. That's what I'm saying. That's the kind of youth that would be nice to have. A nine thirty two save percentage in twenty three games. That's Played what I'm saying. Half yeah. the games last season. It's crazy for his potential and what he was gotten for. So it's just annoying that if we were sending Ethan Bear to Carolina, anyways, why didn't we? Like. <laughs> You like we couldn't have done Ethan Bear in a second for Nadelkovich and Warren Fogle, right? Like I, I, I still think that's a, that I think that's fair at that point. It's no longer an overpay. Nope, no, nope, for sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah. And it's Nadelkovich made like what I think it was. Well, he, he got traded and then he signed in, um, in Detroit where he got shipped off to. Yeah. Um. I think he only signed for like um, two million or something, like a like a bridge contract. Technically, you know? t- technically took peanuts. Literally took peanuts. Yeah, so I it's, so it's it is it. I mean, I guess the the one thing that really hinders them is Koskinen. Koskinen's contract is such like it's like concrete shoes. <laughs> like, I know. Uh, I know. since you can't send him down to the AHL, I don't think. Because he has like some claws in his contract, so yeah, you have to have him up, and he costs four point five. And the thing is, roster space more than the contract. It's like, well, I have Smith and Koskinen. If I go and acquire a goaltender, what are we going to do? Three goalies? Like, are they going to be in the AHL until Koskinen finally gets out of town next yeah, year? Or? No, hundred percent. I mean, there was also the option of maybe just buying them out. Or Take not half. re-signing Mike Smith, which I, I know, know but little... he or, I, I hate to say it, but he 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 thoroughly earned his re-signing. Oh, hundred um, percent. So I don't I, have a problem I, with his re-signing. I but. think I would have preferred, honestly, Miko 
Miko just got kind of bought out. Like you said, it's cement shoes. So trying to move this guy, you're going to have to sweeten the deal, which means we're going to have to give something up pretty good. Um, yeah. Well, it's kind of scary for what we're probably going to have to give up to get something decently in return. Or like I said, we buy them out or we just kind of hope Mike Smith lasts two years until Koskinen's <laughs> contract's up and we'll get two new goalies. It'll be crazy. Yeah, well, no, Koskinen's up next year, luckily. Oh, he is up next year. Okay. So, yeah, he's only got one year left. So I guess next year we're shopping for a goalie. But guess what kicks in next year? Darnell Nurse's contract. Darnell Nurse's $9.25 million. Stinger. That is a stinger. He got paid. Yeah, well, I mean, looked at the market, and you looked at what other defensemen were getting paid, and he's like, <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, but Seth Jones, man. Oh, Chicago man. screwed us twice on the Keith deal. Ridiculous, man. <laughs> they screwed us twice on that Keith deal. They took the money they saved from Keith. And drove nurses' price up all the way. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm going to be totally honest with you, dude. I was so salty about the deal. Um, I at the beginning, I honestly felt like that was. I know Nurse had an absolutely astounding year last year. Like I said, I was the first one to admit it last year. I put my foot in my mouth previously by calling him out. Um, he had a, a tremendous year for us last year. Um, Probably, it, I guess you could consider it a $9 million a year season. However, the only one he's had like that, um, I felt like it, it would have been nice for us to kind of wait one more season and kind of hope. I, not hope. I mean, try to see if this last season was kind of like a one-off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of I kind of get what you're saying. But, I mean, Nurse has signed like, what, like two, three bridge contracts? Already? Yeah, I believe it was two. He wants his deal now, which I, 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 I get can't it. fault him for. I get it, but I mean, at the end of the day, you could just kind of sit there and be like, look, I'm not willing to talk contracts right now, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> at least halfway through the season, give him halfway through the season. If his uh, play was consistent throughout that first half of the season, then sure, sign him to the deal. Obviously, other defensemen got paid. He deserves to get paid. I mean, he as well has kind of been here right through the shit all the way up. So, and willing to take bridge deals to stay as well. So, um, I just, yeah. that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money for one player. A lot of money. No, it, it is a lot. And, but I mean, at least we as Oilers fans can hold for better or for worse at the end of time, it feels like eight years, seven years from now. Zach Hyman. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and now Darnell Nurse will all still be here. Yeah, we don't we don't know about McDavid. He keeps getting these seeds of doubt apparently from the internet. But hey, <laughs> we know who will be here. We'll know who will be here. At the very least, the, the yep. three amigos over there will be here till the end. Of and time. probably Mike Smith still. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that would be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he deserves to get paid. Uh, do I think nine million was a bit excessive? Probably. Um, I don't think he. I, I think he had a great season. I don't still don't think he's worth nine million. Um, yeah, I, I, he, I think most people were hoping somewhere around the seven point five to eight range. Yeah. I kind of saw him as going as like at least eight to eight point five ish. I kind of saw him. I honestly thought, saw him agreed more at eight. Um, I think eight is 
probably a fair number to pay uh, Darnell Nurse. Nine is... Yeah, it's pretty... Pretty crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's hey, weird because I, I don't really consider him a number one guy. Like, well, he played have like to one now. <laughs> well, he had but no he's choice. getting paid like one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had no choice, so... Oh, top, man. top top pairing, yes. Number one, I don't I don't know. Like I, I would, I don't know. I don't see him as. Again, I could be totally wrong, and he could be entering an absolute huge stride in his career. But as a, as it stands right now, I don't really see him as an like a leader of our defense core. Like he's not like a a headman esque. He's not a Eric Carlson with the with the Sens esque, Brent Burns esque. Yes, Drew Doughty esque. Um, but you know, I guess this is this is the price defenseman we're going for. I mean, Warensky signed a huge deal too. Kale McCarr as well got nine. Yeah, That's Kale the big McCarr problem, right? Yeah. Like you see a guy like Kale McCarr who's well, like way younger than you. Oh know. man, he's what twenty two? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. and you see him come in and sign. He got nine million. I want 9.2. There's no way he's making I guarantee you that's how the conversation went. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't help that in that one, like, it felt like, what was that, like, a one week? All three of those yeah, deals were Jones, Wierenski, Makar, and then Nurse. Oh, man. I guess all brutal. four deals. It's brutal, man. Like, it's, um, I guess all defensemen got paid, so it's, I guess... It's brutal because I think we paid probably a million, million and a half more than we probably should have. Personally, eh, not a million and a half, but a million for sure. More than we should have. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, though. I think Kale McCarr is that. Uh, I think he is. I think he could be uh, Drew Doughty esque, even. Oh, 100%. I think he is. I think if you look at the type of player Kale McCarr is, uh, such a smooth skater, um, offensive ability, uh, his puck moving ability. He's just, I mean, you watch this dude skate and it's just like, glides around and it's like it's just impeccable the way he uses his size but also is able he's he's fast for a defenseman i mean we all know how fast mcdavid is players like that but you look at kale mccarr it's just the way he plays the type of player he is just the things he does on the ice the little things even it's you're like wow that is a guy who who belongs who who absolutely stands out and who should be paid you know what i mean you kind of you kind of yeah. know those types of players and i mean <laughs> He's so young. What is he? Only like twenty two. So it's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's it's he is like an absolute treat to watch. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's crazy. It's like seeing a new gen superstar like in the flesh. And it's I don't know. It's great. It's great to see that the game will always continue on. You know, fresh. Right. One hundred percent. Yep. One hundred percent. I mean, in what two years' time, uh, that Connor Bedard kid is. Coming into the league, can't wait to see what he can do, you know? Well, maybe that's also Ken Holland's idea. It was like, well, <laughs> let's really bolster this offense. Let's uh, add a little bit to the deep, uh, defense. Let's not do anything with our goaltenders. Two years, we'll be shit. Keith will be gone. We'll have lots of free cap space. Bring in Bedard. Bring in Bedard. Kate's will slip Batman a couple a couple million and under the table. and I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll get the first pick again, right? Yeah, uh, you know, business as usual, you know? So, yeah, no, yeah, that 
the future's bright, definitely. I mean, you look at guys like Kale McCarr, Connor Bedard, who's not even in the league yet, but we're already, we're already talking about. So, and we saw as at Connor McDavid, but uh, Darnell Nurse, however, I don't know. He's not. I just don't think he's a nine million dollar player. However, we, he deserved to be paid just based off loyalty to the team. He took two bridge deals before all of this. We kind of burned his, our bridge with him in a sense that. We promised him to get paid, and well, we should have signed it when defensemen weren't getting signed for nine million dollars. Yeah, like oh man, that is all painful. Tag, but it's he, painful. It, if he can keep up this line of play, he could live up to that contract. I mean, maybe not like in full, but he could still be like an eight million ish player. And by all means, I mean that's not too bad. I mean. In all fairness, if because we all know, like we all know that we're kind of at a stagnant cap right now. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not changing um, due to the way the league and the revenue and everything else kind of was the last couple seasons. It kind of didn't really get much, but we all know it's going to go up uh, with Seattle now in the mix. It's probably going to jump uh, a little bit more than normal the next time it does go up. I yeah. think. I think so. By the time. If we can get, let's say his contract is eight years, we know that. If we can get five years of that type of play, I will be relatively fine with that contract. Just due due to the fact because in the next five years, uh, six even, the the cap will be so elevated that I don't really know if nine million will overly be ex- like you know what I'm saying like yeah like nine million might look like six million right so it might like, be per- so. it might be something one of those things that's like yeah well you know we got six good years out of the eight so I'm okay with it right so yeah and the last two you know I don't know ship them off to the Tempe Coyotes or whatever the heck they're gonna be called <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, well and you know what? all this is really gonna depend on the play uh, the success of the others as a whole right we kind of got to look at team success kind of contributes to player success, right? So we can't really say a player was super successful if we don't really make deep runs into the playoffs, right? So Exactly. Yeah, we God, we need a deep run so bad. We need one bad. This whole city like, needs one. This city wants one so badly. Like oh, the man. passion. The ice district is going to be ruined if we get one. You know that, right? Oh, oh yeah. It'll oh, be yeah. damaged. It'll be damaged. Will I be there? Maybe. Will Probably. I violence. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> I will 100% be there. However, I will be the guy across the street still drinking my beer at the bar. So, <laughs> oh, oh that would be crazy. That would be uh, crazy. I remember what it was like, but like, obviously, I wasn't very old. I was like maybe like 10 ish. Last time we made like a deep run in 2006. I'm like, damn. I couldn't imagine what the party atmosphere must have been like. It- was wild to be honest with you it, yeah. it was personally yeah it was it i know was pretty crazy when we went to the second round the party atmosphere was wild i mean i was like what, my last year of high school when that was going on oh I just yeah. turned 18 that year oh yeah oh boy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Actually, my 18th birthday was on the night that we absolutely smoked the ducks oh really title scores the hat trick Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was my 18th birthday was that night. Wow, kind of making me feel young because, yeah, I remember that deep playoff run when Rollison got injured, and it was uh, 
it was it was it was a hurtful time. I mean, yeah. Oh, when he went down with that it went that knee injury, it was it was hard to watch because he kind of knew as another fan. You're like, uh oh. Uh oh. I mean, yeah. we still were able to take Carolina to seven. So, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't all doom and gloom. Doom How, and gloom. That game however, six. oh my god, that was a however. ride. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man, you know what? That's. I I just, I just want the city to go through another deep run. And I think, I think, for one, McDavid and the team need deserve it. They need it. Yeah, but this city it. as a whole needs it. You know what I mean? Like oh, a deep playoff yeah. run. Like it's we all know COVID's going on, all that other stuff. Blah blah blah. Everyone's oh, you didn't get vaccinated. Yeah, well, I'm vaccinated. You should get vaccinated. <laughs> Everybody's against each other. But the one thing we do share is if that other team makes a deep run, we are side by side, absolutely pugging beers, looking <laughs> at that TV, saying "Go Oilers, go." Uh, or not ref, wrong. what are you watching? One of the yeah, two. We're saying yeah, one of the two. Things, so. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. I couldn't get more accurate. <laughs> so uh, the city needs a deep run. Hundred percent. We need a deep run. We need one. I mean, man, I would love, absolutely love to see that happen. Like, it's just I don't know. The, the city feels different when that's going on. You know, hundred percent. It's like. Oh, the atmosphere, Matt. Like it's it's crazy because like the atmosphere is like, especially on game days. Game days were absolutely oh, yeah. crazy. Playoff game days in Edmonton are like no other because you literally wake up in the best mood, boys. It's game day. Let's go. Talk about the potential matchups. Talk about who's playing against each other. What happened the last game before? Stuff like that. What you'd like to see? Oh man, it's just it's just it's a whole it's a whole day. It's you got a game, yeah. It's like kind of those. I Oilers don't want to every yeah, I, single time. Oh man, it's sold crazy. out everywhere, everywhere, every time. Yeah, <laughs> I almost football. don't want to compare it to a college football game tailgate uh, because I mean those are just beyond ridiculous. College football in the states is just nuts. So one of those parties. Yeah. However, you ever been to the admi- tailgate, Brett? No, I haven't, man. It's still a dream of mine. I'm. Uh, Fair enough. I'm a big college football fan, so if I ever, oh yeah, if I was able to ever go to a college, even even an NFL one, I would just uh, be nuts. However, like I was saying before, it's not. Right, yeah. <laughs> and no, no, that's okay, man. I totally would love to go to the table. It's nuts, right? So I just feel like the atmosphere around the city is kind of like that. Um, probably to a smaller degree, obviously, because America's kind of crazy, so their parties are crazy. So a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're a little bit more refined here in Canada, so like, our, <laughs> oh our, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, bud. Especially yeah, oh, yeah. here in Edmonton, yeah, no, yeah, we're just uh, it's a little more, more classy. So I think if you, yeah, no, it should. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I th- I think as much as I want to compare it, it's not really a fair comparison. But at the same time, it's 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 a whole day. It's 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 a good time the whole day. Right up to the game time. Unless we lose the next day, then you're just sitting there punching oh, drywall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I know. Like, um, I know when we were just uh, in this most recent playoffs, you know, me and my buddy Adam would like FaceTime. Um, we would FaceTime and watch all the games. 
uh, like pretty much together. When we went to overtime and like times were like tense, we'd mm. FaceTime be like, "Oh my god, what is gonna happen?" Oh man, it's stressful. It's oh my god, so playoff playoff hockey is one of the most stressful yet the most beautiful times of the year, <laughs> just because of everything. Like honestly, there's nothing better in sports than playoff hockey. However, nothing more stressful than playoff hockey. It takes one bounce can change a game, and yeah, it's oh man, it's but it's probably added a few gray hairs on my beard and stuff like that. But at the same time, <laughs> I I would never trade playoff hockey for nothing. So ho- hopefully, yeah. we can get there for us. Yeah, I, I'm going back to our expectations, though. I will say, speaking of all this greatness about playoff hockey, if we don't make the playoffs from this point on. That would that's a huge setback. Oh, like man. we should be perennial at least playoffs. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, like I said, I don't. I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Oh man, oh, I just don't want to hear about it. Is the problem as well? Because I mean, you got oh, what are you guys ruining McDavid's career? Blah oh, blah blah. blah. That, that oh. drives me nuts. Because as if play, yeah, just drives me nuts. But yeah, no. Like I said, I think that Keith deal solidified at least one deep run in the next two years. Like we said, third round minimum in the next two seasons. Um, I think based on what we have now and kind of what we have coming up, I see us kind of sitting minimum playoff team, probably second, third rounders for a while. Like for the majority of it, unless we can get that goaltender that we can sit back and be like, oh, yeah, we're cool. You know what I mean? We, if yeah. we can find that goalie, then in all fairness, we'll be deep run playoff teams every single year because you got an offense with McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and stuff like that at the helm. It's it's a tough train to stop. And if you can't score goals against it, you're going to have a tough time. So, Yeah. Uh, you know, this actually leads me to another question. Uh, do you think our lineup this year going into it seems like more of a playoff team like like not in the sense of like yes they'll make the playoffs but in the sense of like how they do in the playoffs yeah like do you do you think that they would be like more of a playoff team more than a regular season team 100 percent. you think so yeah i think we went from a team of like we've talked earlier um two penalty kill lines on the back on the bottom six can't really do that right to two lines that a third line that we can honestly, I think, start to really rely on goal scoring um, coming up in this next season for sure. And I mean, a fourth line that has very good potential in doing the same as well, as well being one of those physically demanding lines. So I think I think if you look at offensively, yes. Defensively, we did take a couple steps back defensively, I do believe. I mean, we did bring in Duncan Keith, but I still rather have Larson, stuff like that. So... Right, yeah. so I mean, we did take. We'll we'll say we'll say we took a half a step back instead of a full step. Right, so sure. uh, goaltending is the only thing I worry about. Will Mike Smith oh, have yeah. another season like he did last year, and or will Koskinen f- be the same Swiss cheese he was last season? It's really all depends on those two things. I mean, even if Koskinen bounces back to the point where he can play 10, 20 games, maybe. It'd be nice you know, if they can get it. It would just really, okay. honestly, personally, my biggest hope with Mikko Koskinen, if they do end up keeping them, is that we can kind of use them as like a uh, one, one A, one B kind of goaltending scenario where we can kind of help keep Mike Smith fresh. Um, yeah, 
I think at his age, we got to do our best to try and limit his games. I know he's the type of player that only really wants to play every game. It's just the kind of uh, competitor he is, the battler he is, that um, he does want to play every game that he can. But at his age, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be nice that even if we played Mike Smith 3, played Koskinen a 1. So it's kind of like a 3 and one switch. However, I think with the way Koskinen was playing last year, we couldn't rely on that, right? So yeah. uh, we did rely on Mike Smith probably a lot more than I thought we should have because I think it might have. It's well, Like I, I said, it's a long season to begin with, and you got a guy yeah. at his age playing a whole season where, yeah, he, was, where he's getting honestly pummeled. He was. He was still. He was just making miraculous saves. He was battling for every puck. He was making saves that even we were like, how did he make that? Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Like honestly, and uh, I mean, he, that's the type of player he is. Like I said, he's a battler. He's the guy we know will go out there and give it his all to stop that puck. But uh, we also need to be able to give him rest. I think if we really want to make deep playoff runs with the two goaltenders we have, we can't burn out Mike Smith in the, in the regular season. We got to be able to keep him for the playoffs. Burn him oh. out in the playoffs. I don't really care. He's got all yeah. off season to get better. <laughs> But yeah, safe. I mean, at least worry about, uh, yeah, right. I was gonna say, you know, you worry at that age about the injuries and stuff like that. Because my God, if Mike Smith goes down for an injury for any length of time, like say he's out a month, yeah, we got. Ah, uh, that could that could make or break a playoff. Like you making the playoffs, if yeah, because then you're stuck relying on what Stuart Skinner and Michael Koskinen. I mean, like. I still have high hopes for Skinner in a sense that he could might be able to come in and be uh, be a solid, at least even maybe a backup goaltender for us. But we still need that franchise goaltender at the end of the day. But like I said, with Mike Smith, we just got to make sure we don't burn him out. If we can get Koskinen to come in and be that even fifteen game player, if we can if we can get him up to twenty, that'd be great. In a, in a yeah, full season, right? good. you got to remember. I think if you kind of looked at the way Mike Smith was this off, last postseason, just due to the fact how demanding his, uh, I guess you could say his schedule was based off of how many shots he faced during the season, um, he kind of looked burnt out in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say he looked burnt out. I'd say he was actually pretty sharp in the playoffs. I is like for the most part. He's not the reason we lost. Is pretty much one hundred percent. No, he's not. He's not. Like no, I mean, no, no. I think that the last game, the game four, really, like that was the epitome of Mike Smith in the playoffs. He was dialed in, took it all the way to double OT. You know, he kept no, for out. sure, for sure. I think, but I also think that our defensive core did a really good job of keeping him to the outside. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the shots that he ended up facing was was from the outside it 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 wasn't his saving the puck it was his puck puck moving abilities we know that mike smith is the type of goalie that loves to move the puck but i feel like his decisions that he made with the puck were i want to say they're not uncharacteristic but they're one of those things you would make if you're mentally exhausted his body might have been there okay. and able to focus uh but i feel like like, we looked at some of those plays, like, how many giveaways did he give? Like, just literally just passing it to the other team is or mishandling the puck, stuff like that, right? Like, it was just simple, small things that, although he was able to make the save and bail himself out, 
You know what I mean? It was one of yeah. those things that that really could have costed us. And it's, I know, I know his his saves and stuff like that were one of those things. But if you kind of look at it from a different angle, as far as like, he also shouldn't have had to make that save. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, he's playing, yeah. playing risky business there. Yeah, and then, like you said, at his age, you got to really worry about injuries as well. So if we can just do our best. Yeah. And that was, like I said, that was only, what, a 52-game season or 56-game yeah, season? 56 We're games. about to go back to 82, I believe, here now. So Yeah, and it's going to be condensed again because of the Olympic break that's yep. in, planned in the schedule for, as of now. Can you imagine that Canadian Olympic team? Jeez. Oh, I was just about to say. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. This, right? I would love to see McDavid playing for a gold medal like I mean, oh. condolences to Drysaitel because I don't know how far they're going to get. But uh, no, man, I honestly feel bad for any team that. Well, you know what? The nice thing about men's hockey, especially, is that it, it seems like a lot of the other countries are starting to become just as competitive as teams like the USA and Canada. But right, obviously, it, obviously, the difference is, is the skill versus work ethic, right? Like you got teams like USA and uh, Canada Russia. who. Yeah, who are literally just littered with absolute all stars, not just NHLers, all stars. Yeah, and then you like, got other teams like, well, Germany obviously is going to get absolutely pummeled. I'm sorry to say, but you got you got uh, you got other teams that just, oh man, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, the divide is there for like uh, a lot of the teams, but I mean, at one point it was really only Canada, Russia, and the USA. So. Yeah, but I mean, like the Finns have been doing pretty well. They like, have. They're, they're pretty good at hockey, you know. <laughs> like, oh, even even like the Czechs, they they are actually really decent uh, stuff like that. Like I said, it. So let's put it this way: we'll say about twenty years ago it was probably mostly just ah twenty five years ago it was probably mostly just Canada, USA, Russia. I mean, Finland had a good team every every once in a while. But you look at you. You can kind of see it when you look at these world junior teams and how competitive they are, kind of together nowadays, right? So, um, but no, that Canadian team is going to be absolutely ridiculous. I man, I, I love ridiculous. I love rooting for Canada on the international. Oh man, period. me too. It was nice yeah, to see the women win gold the other day. So shout out to them. Oh, absolute snipe, by the way. Like, <laughs> did you see that OT goal? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh uh, man, I, I just picked it. Just picked it. Yeah. And you know what the weirdest part about that game was? I don't know if this happened to you because I was watching it on my phone because I wasn't at home. But uh, I'm watching it on my phone. I watch this goal go in. I watch her go around the net, celebrate, and then it literally just cut back to literally like a minute before the goal. And I'm really? like, yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I was out with some friends. I'm like, did we just watch a highlight? Like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm into that little bit of uh, I'm on some beers, and I'm into that other legal stuff so <laughs> so I, i'm feeling a type of way and i'm sitting on my phone and i'm like did we did we just think that was a goal but it was a highlight and we're like we're all celebrating at one point and it got to the point where everybody was like nah man i actually think that was a highlight like just keep watching <laughs> and sure enough literally like 30 seconds after somebody says that goal again so we got to see it twice nice nice so nice you saw it twice it's too bad that girl had to break her leg celebrating but hey that's a Canadian way, and I love the effort. That that is the Canadian way. I love. Oh the my effort. god. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't actually get to catch the game. I only got to see like um, highlights afterwards. Yeah. It was but I heard that it was it was a really exciting game to watch. I believe uh, the states were up two nothing mm-hmm. until the second period. 
Yep, Canada comebacks, and then well, I mean, it was nice to see us pummel them five one, I believe it was earlier in the yeah round robin tournament. So to come back and beat them for gold, it's just so much sweetness twice. Yeah, especially since the USA's women's team is really a dominance over oh, yeah. over Canada for the last like like fifteen years, something like that. Oh, it's been ridiculous. Years. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at one point it was all Canada, then literally it's flipped, and then it was just all USA for a while. And it seemed like no matter the teams we put together, we just couldn't beat them. But hey, look at us now. Yeah, right? Like, uh, what a way to go in overtime, too. Like, oh, man. Snipe, too. Snipe. So exciting. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I hope that they do end up going to the Olympics because as we're, we're recording this, it hasn't been officially confirmed that uh, NHLers will be joining them. But I think it's kind of all but confirmed more than anything. I, that's my biggest problem with it all is when it comes to the Olympics, is the best athletes. So why would we not have our best athletes competing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know. No, I yeah. know. We don't send our beast god swimmers to the freaking swim to the Olympics either, right? So I don't understand why we'd be sending our technically our B squad. I mean, the problem with oh, you're still good. Canada, Canada is technically like their C squad because you could probably make an A, B, and C just off of NHL rosters, but probably, probably but, honestly, yeah, man, honestly, but like uh, they have to be there personally. I think. We remember the outcry uh, Ovechkin had when he was told he wasn't allowed to go to the Olympics and he was willing to sit out games for it. So, yeah. no, it's a, it's a must. And I, I, I like, We're it would be absolutely. Canada could realistically have a center for McDavid, Crosby, and McKinnon. Isn't that ridiculous? Those first three lines. Who would you put one, two, three? First, second, ah. third, who are you taking? Come on, tell me. How, okay. you, how how do you how do you split that around? God, I do not. You put Crosby on the third. Or... I don't know. Well, like what? I I I'd be so tempted to put uh, McKinnon and McDavid together. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, that'd be crazy. On the first line, and then Crosby on the second. Crosby gets the C though. No, oh, 100. Crosby gets question. the C. No question asked. No question. Uh, but, I think uh, McDavid gets an A. Who else gets an A? Oh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, I don't even know. It's so hard to tell, man. There's just so many superstars when it comes to an Olympic Canadian hockey team. So it's just like, it's unreal. That's why we have yeah. to see it. Like, it's honestly the best of the best going up against the best of the best. It's super teams. That's super all it is. It's, it's great for the game. 100%. The whole rest of the world gets to see it happen. The most exciting hockey you can, 100%. You can muster. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I'm sure just. If it wasn't such a scheduling slash like logistical nightmare for the NHL, I guarantee you we would have been in every Olympics without a question. Just because it is good for the game. Like, what, yeah, but I mean, you wanna, like, because they shut like, they shut down. Do they shut down completely for the NHL when the Olympics are? Oh yeah, they do, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just let? Like that's what I'm saying. It would just be more fun if they let the prospects come in and try and compete for points you know what i mean like because <laughs> well, i mean like knows. honestly if you look at a team like not every team is going to be giving up players or, oh, yeah, lo or only, loads of players right so like you can only if, give up 23 guys or 24 guys you know it's, 
Yeah, but I know, but what I mean is, like, if you look at a team, for instance, the Oilers, we're not sending seven guys to the Olympics. We're sending two, one. Yeah, no, that, that's what I mean. I mean, like, the Team Canada can only be 23 guys. That's what I'm saying, right? So, I mean, like, I don't see the need to even shut down, really. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're not playing with your star players, but it's once every four years. Right. Could you go a week or two without McDavid? Yeah, we have, and we've done well. Yeah. In all fairness, can we go a week or two without McDavid and Drysaddle? Yeah, and uh, Nurse. Yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think I think it'd be tough, but like because we're not the only team doing it. You think Pittsburgh's giving up Crosby, Malkin? You got other teams like Tampa Bay's going to have to give up their whole team. Pretty much, like we're probably better off because we're only giving up two, three players, right? Like (laughs) they're having to give up half a team there. So no, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, it would be really interesting. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. That would yeah, be just have the prospects come in and just kind of play it out. It's kind of like, you know, the NBA has their summer league. I saw somewhere it would be cool to see an NHL summer league where you got kind of the prospects would, going into play really games. would be really fun. Um, yeah, it would. And it would give us something to watch in the summer. Not extra revenue. You know? The, right? It's all, all the be advertising. Really. The, yeah. The, the, the advertising for the future, even just the young stars and stuff like that. Yeah, and it kind of gives them the taste of the NHL lifestyle too, right? So, yeah, I mean, they're obviously not going to be playing in Rogers or other places like that. However, and they're not going to be staying in the seven-star hotels that Oilers, uh, Oilers, <laughs> and the rest of the NHL players do. However, they're going to get that slight taste of what it's like to wear that Oilers jersey instead of say a Condors jersey and play in front of fans because chances are, oh, if they help, a hundred percent. 100%. Oh, It'd be fun. You can put, you can put that game on Watasco and guys would drive out there. 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it'd, it'd be a cool little thing to see anyways. Oh, 100%. I definitely agree with that. But, uh, Brett, unfortunately, I believe we've run out of time. Yeah. Yeah. I have I, lots to talk about after three weeks. Yeah, right? It's kind of nice. It's yeah, it was. Nice. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us again. This has been another episode of the New Era Oilers podcast brought to you by the New Era Hockey Network. Uh, You can follow the New Era show on Instagram and Twitter, both at New Era Oilers. You can follow my personal at uh, Nick Chung Mel on Instagram or Nick Chung 7 on Twitter. And you can find Brett at... You can find me, Big Wills. It's B-I-G-W-I-L-L-Z-8 on Twitter. So Big Wills 8. Sorry, I don't even think I said the 8 the first time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's all good. Well, thank you very much again for joining us this week. See you guys later.